Good morning, good morning. How's everybody? Amen, amen. Well, this morning we're going to try to go a different route. I prayed and I said, Lord, this Jeremiah thing is wearing me out. And the Lord gave me permission to take a little break. Amen. I was happy about that. And so this morning we want to talk about don't let your heart be broken by stress. Don't let your heart be broken by stress. Now, we're going to get back to Jeremiah, I, I, I hope, in a, in a week or two or three. But for right now, let's, let's enjoy this little break from it. All right. Now, stress is something that we are quite used to. Uh, in fact, it's uh, a commonly used word that everybody is familiar with. It affects our physical, emotional, our spiritual, and our mental well-being. We are very familiar with stress. Uh, too much stress is, is such a problem. Uh, doctors say it can literally cause cancer. Yeah, yeah, stress. Uh, the causes of stress can actually sometimes be beneficial. But out of control, they can actually kill us. Now, Psalm 69 is a perfect example of stress, as we see that King David is familiar with stress. Now, he might not have called it that then, but that's exactly what it was. In fact, uh, David didn't uh, get in get get stress in small doses. Instead, he was served a, a tidal wave of it, enough to even drown him. That's how much stress he came under. Again, even though it may not have been called that at the time, just just look at look at a lot of the Psalms and sixty nine in particular. Now, stress does not suddenly appear just out of nowhere uh, for no reason. No, 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 no. Stress, stress is lots of times it builds. It's there all along and it just crescendos, if you please. Uh, in most cases, uh, it is a consequence of circumstances, events, relationships, uh, or, or maybe even a variety of things at work or at home or just life in general. It's a it's sort of a culmination, if you please. Uh, instability uh, can cause stress. Uh, we base so much of our well-being on security and stability. So when the ground starts to give way under our feet, we can't find our footing, what happens? We become stressed. And this is what happened to King David in Psalm 69, 1 and 2. Uh, and this is what it says, Save me, O my God. The floods have risen. Deeper and deeper I sink in the mire. The waters rise around me. David can't seem 
to find his footing. It's like the ground, it was constantly moving. Uh, so not only so, the, the, uh, it's like the waves were steadily pushing and shoving him. And, and he finds himself sinking fast. You know how you, you have unmet personal expectations? It, it, it was that kind of stress. Uh, it was a stress of like waiting on God to meet his, his expectations. Now, these were David's expectations, not God's. And in fact, when you look at verse 3, this is what it says. I have wept until I am absolutely exhausted. My throat is dry and hoarse. My eyes are swollen with weeping. Waiting for my God to act. David waited and waited and waited for God to act, but God just didn't seem to move. He just didn't seem to be responding, at least not in the ways that David had anticipated. And this left David sad and disappointed because his expectations were not met. You know, that's funny. We can certainly agree with David right there because lots of times what we want when it's not done the way we think it ought to be done and in the fact, the time factor that we think it ought to be done, here comes disappointment and here comes stress. And so we have to be careful with our time frame when we pray because it may not be that God wants us to have it at all or if God wants us to have it, it may not be at that particular time. And what happens? We get stressed. And David, he waited and he waited for God to act, but God didn't move when David wanted him to. And four says that I cannot even count all those who hate me without cause. They are influential men, those who plot to kill me, though I am innocent. They demand that I be punished for what I didn't even do. Now, just look at David's life, for those of you who are not familiar with it. David was hounded by King Saul. He was brought, King, uh, David was brought to the palace by Saul because of his expertise in killing lions and bears and, and obviously uh, the giant Goliath. And then Saul got jealous because David became so popular because he was so good at what he did. And then when Saul got done trying to kill him and he was able to get away with the help of Jonathan, Saul's King Saul's son, then David was threatened in the land of the Philistines where he was trying to hide. He was driven from the palace once he became king by his own son Absalom who killed his other son, 
who slept with their sister and raped her. This is what's going on in David's life. Whole lot of stress. And this is just some of what we know. And so David feels badly encumbered and outnumbered. One thing after another is going on. And you know, some of it may have been his fault. Uh, for example, if you add in, you know, with uh, Bathsheba, uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> you're looking out your, your window as the king and you see a woman bathing, get your free look and move on. But no, David saw her and decided, you know, <laughs> I want to be with her and had his servants to go and get her. And they said, hey, did you know that's uh, one of your soldiers' wives? And David like, <laughs> I don't care. And the Bible says that he went in unto her. I'm going to be nice with this language and use the biblical language. And the Bible says after he went in unto her, she was with child. Go figure. And, uh, and then so that he wouldn't be blamed, he then brought the soldier to uh, home, so to speak. And uh, to figure that he immediately would rush into his wife. But the soldier was so dedicated... He said, no, I can't do that. And David said, no, no, no. After the second, third day, you, you've got to go in. And then when he still wouldn't, he sent him back out to fight and told the general, put him in front of the battle so that he's sure to be killed. And that way, no one will ever know whether or not he went in unto his wife. Now, that's just a wicked plan. That's what David did. And of course, this brought about a lot of stress. So sometimes stress can be our own fault. And of course, uh, you didn't forget about uh, all of the other things that David got involved in. But can I just, uh, if you please, parenthetically throw something in here. When you are under pressures and stress, this is not the time to make important decisions. It's difficult to be wise when you're stressed out. Some of us like to make decisions and at, at times when things are just at their highest point of going off, that's not a time to make decisions, not important decisions. Get some clarity first. Huh? Don't, don't make life choices at pressure points. You know, the ramifications of those choices you make then may haunt you the rest of your life. David is a prime example of this. And David's proverbial chickens, so to speak, have come home to roost. His stress is exacerbated by the fact that a lot of this is his own the reason he is in this position is because of what he has done. Wrong choice here, a wrong choice there. And before you know it, his life was dramatically changed for the rest of his life ever since he made these poor decisions. How many times have we made poor decisions and those decisions changed? the rest of our life. Such as we talked about David with Bathsheba and Uriah 
and then with Absalom, his son, after raping his own, his brother raping his own sister, and then him killing his brother, and then instead of him punishing Absalom for killing his own brother, he doesn't do anything. And then Absalom turns around and takes the throne from him. Wow. Sleeps with one of his concubines. Yeah, it's just a vicious circle. And so a whole series of unwise choices has now caught up with King David. And they've opened the door for more pain and sorrow or stress, if you please. And unfortunately, a lot of it was self-inflicted wounds. And then those wounds got infected. Look at verse 5. It says, Oh God, you know so well how wrong I've been, how stupid I am. This is, this is right there in the Bible. And you know all my sins. Yeah, yeah, God knows. Few things are more painful or more stressful than the scarred consequences of self-inflicted wounds. My, 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 my. David confesses this, and, and, and it's a product of his own making our failings. And let's just take a look real quick at verses 6 through 12. <clears throat> Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me, O Lord God of hosts. Let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me, O God of Israel. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit at the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. Wow. So in other words, there's a whole lot of gossip about me. King David has reached the zenith of his troubles, if you please, and he realizes that he has become the talk of the town. He's being gossiped about. That's what verse 12 says. He is considered a shame. If you look at verse 6, dishonor in verse 6, a reproach in verse 7. He's been alienated in verse 8. And he's just a big old stumbling block, an object of disgust. Wow. That's a whole lot of stress. And you know, sometimes we may feel this same way. And I'll tell you something, when you get to that point in your life, whatever you've done, whatever you're going through, please know, like David, it is okay to ask for help. Please don't try to deal with stress on your own. That can be the hardest thing to do. And it can be the most humbling thing to do, is to ask for help when you're going through whatever it is 
that is a stumbling block for you. Huh? And you know why? Because it requires acknowledgement and personal inadequacy. You have to admit, I've made a mistake. You have to admit, I've made an error. You have to admit, it doesn't look like I'm going to make it. You have to admit, I'm in deep trouble. And it's okay to admit that. And David here had to admit it. In his stress, he cried out for God's mercy. Look at verse 13 through 15. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God. Huh? Not my time now. But before David was talking about his time, now he's saying, Lord, when you get ready, huh? in the abundance of your mercy, answer me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire that I may not sink. May I be delivered from those who hate me and out of the watery depths. May the stream not overflow me. Neither may the depth, the deep swallow me up, nor the pit close its mouth on me. David is banking here on God's loving kindness, mercy, and his grace. Huh? And no, no, no more in his time. No more, Lord, you, you got to do this right now. You got to do it a certain way. Now he said, Lord, let your grace and mercy be kind to me. You know, there's a song I used to sing years ago. It was called Your Grace and Mercy Brought Me Through. I'm, I'm living this moment because of you. And Lord, I want to thank you and praise you too. It's your grace and mercy that brought me through. Lord, I want to thank you for saving a sinner like me. To tell the world salvation is free. Oh, there were times when I, I just didn't do right. But nevertheless, you watched over me all day and all night. It was your grace and mercy that brought me through. You see, justice had demanded that that I should die. Oh, but grace and mercy said, oh no, not I. We're already paid the price. I was blind, but thank God, now I can see. It was your grace and mercy that came along and rescued me. Oh, your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. And Lord, I want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Look at verses 16 through 19. Answer me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn your face to me according to the abundance of your tender mercies. Oh, my God. Boy, David, no, he can write. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Answer me quickly, Lord. Oh, please, Lord, answer me quickly. I need you now. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. Oh, my God. Oh, I know according to your word, you come at an acceptable time. That's what the word says. But I just want to state for the record, Lord, I need you now. I need you now, Lord. Oh, my God. I need you now. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been so stressed? 
that you just prayed and asked the Lord to just come right now, Lord. I need you right now, Lord. Not tomorrow, huh? not another hour, not another minute, but Lord, I need you right now. Oh my God. Not another second, not another minute, huh? but at this moment, my arms are outstretched. I need you, Lord, to make a way. Oh, I've talked to people going through divorce. I've heard them cry. You would think somebody was sticking them with a pen. It's painful. I've talked to people who've lost their jobs. I've talked to people who've lost loved ones. Oh, the pain and the stress. I've lost, I've talked to people going through financial problems. And they say, Lord, I need you right now. And as you have done so many times before, uh, through a window, through an open door, I stretch my hands to thee. Oh, God, come rescue me. I need you right now. Amen. Uh, Smoky Norfield is going to come and sing to us. And I want you to know something. When you get down and out, when you go through whatever it is you're going through, when you get stressed, say like Smokey said, if I ever needed you before to show up, to restore, Lord, I need you right now. Oh, the agony of being alone, the fear of doing things on my own, the tests and trials that come to make me strong, the feeling of guilt and hurt and shame and defeat, the waves of the trials that beat upon me, all but to know, Lord, in you, I've got the victory. And that's what David was saying in this song. He prayed for the Lord to come right now and deliver him. And that's exactly what God did. You remember Peter on the boat don't you know when he asked that Jesus grant him permission? Come on, come on, come on, Smokey. Don't don't you remember when 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 uh, when when he asked Jesus for permission to to come into the water where Jesus was? Jesus remember was walking on the water toward the boat, and he said, "Lord, if that is really you, grant me permission." To walk on the water and come to you. And so Jesus said, come on. And Peter climbed out of the boat. The other disciples were watching. And he walked on the water. Only two people walked on water. Jesus and Peter. Peter walked on the water. And listen, listen, listen. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus... Peter was fine. But this is what happens when we get stressed. This is what happens when we go through troubles and trials. This is what happens when the storm comes into our life. Peter started looking at the storm instead of looking at Jesus. And when he did that, the Bible says he began to sink. And what did Peter do? He did like David. He cried, Lord, 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 save me. That's all he said. Wasn't no long drawn out prayer. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out and saved. And just like he saved Peter. And just like he saved David. 
never needed you. He'll save you too. The doors of the church are open. Come on, come on. You have to know whom you will call. And you have to know they can rescue you or they can redeem you. And I want to tell you today, don't let stress break you. Don't do it. Don't let stress break you. Huh? Place your hope and your trust in God. I beg you today. Come on, come on, come on. Say on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking. Huh? Stress is an inevitable part of life. And when we find ourselves in stressful situations, like the ones we are experiencing across our nation, even now, God wants us to handle stress in a healthy way. He wants us to pray like this. He wants you to pray like Christ prayed each day. And if Christ left the disciples and went and prayed each day and he was God, don't you think we too need to pray? Huh? Think about it. As busy as Jesus was, and yet he always found time to pray. Come on, come on, come on. Shouldn't we follow that example instead of being stressed out? Concentrate on God instead of on your problems. Don't look at the storm like Peter. Don't look at your circumstances like Peter. Look at Jesus and submit all of your problems, all of your issues, all of your stress to God. If you want to navigate this world with as little stress as possible, you are going to need Jesus. Huh? Amen. 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 You're going to need Jesus. And when the ground beneath you begins to shake, and when the ground beneath you begins to rattle and roll, I'm asking you to become a child of God and lean on his everlasting arms. Let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this message. And we pray that your Holy Spirit moves on us and that these who have come and given their life to you, their life will never be the same. Lord, we ask that you would take away their stress, that you would lift them up out of the storm and make them realize they have made a good decision by trusting in you and not in this world or anything else. And some of those who wanted to come but didn't, Lord, we ask that you touch on them right now, that you move on them right now and let them realize they need you before it's everlasting too late and before they make the wrong decision and allow stress to take them down. In Jesus' name we pray now and thank you for the answer and the blessing. Amen. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware. God bless you. Please tell a friend. Amen.